0: Cal and you are listening to
1: the barbecue central show so to get
2: that perfect barbecue you use wood.
3: you say, whatever
2: we put the lighter fluid on
3: strike the match and oh,
2: should we call the fire department that might be a good idea
0: welcome to the barbecue central show the show where we talk about all things that are important in the world of barbecue. From big-name interviews with competitors on the barbecue circuit, grill manufacturers and pit makers, to advice on cooking brisket and ribs, you'll find it all right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Your host, Greg Rempe, is a backyard barbecue and grilling fanatic and loves to talk about his passion, which many of us share together. You can learn more about barbecue and grilling by visiting the website thebbqcentral.com Now, let's get in the smoke. Here's your program host, Greg Rempe.
4: Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Hey, Dave Boska's in the house. Dave, what's up? How are you? Put your barbecue in already. Host of others in the chat room outdoorcookingchannel.com is a place to go if you want to jump aboard and see what's happening, interact with other listeners. You can also get it on the audio side, the BBQ Central show.com. Pick your player, you're off and running. Hey, this is the show that talks about all things important to the barbecue uh, all important to the world of outdoor cooking, grilling, barbecue, all the good stuff. This is the show that it takes place on, and you can jump in whenever you'd like. And let me give you some contact information in case you'd like to do that. Two ways to do it. Toll free on my dime, 877-448-0433. 877-448-0433 is the number to call. You can also email the show at any point if you'd rather not call in. Potentially look like a doofus. I understand I've been there before, would rather not do it again, and I'm happy to get your emails to react or give me an impression on a rub or a particular cooker, whatever the case may be. Send it to me, I'll read it. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Those are the two ways to get in touch with the show. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter, which you can subscribe to. Go to the com. look on the right-hand side toolbar for newsletter and sign up. There's like eight or nine spaces left, and then we'll be capped at 500 because I like to keep it uh, romantic. I like to keep it intimate with that group of people that get that newsletter. So I appreciate you at each and every 491 of you currently. So if you're not subscribing to the newsletter, what are you waiting for? Hurry up for crying out loud. Uh, here's what's happening on the show tonight. Coming about 12 minutes from now, we're going to be joined... By a favorite of mine, because we go way back like five, maybe even six years. Is it, is it longer than that, Daniel? Six years or something like that? Danielle Demosky from DivaQ. And I'm sure a lot of you read her blog. You understand that, A, she's from Canada. She's holding it down in the world of barbecue and grilling down there, along with great folks like Ted Reader, just to name one other. There's a host of other great Canadian barbecuers out there, uh, but uh, Danielle certainly one of the more uh, preeminent teams out there in Canada right now. We affectionately refer to Canada as America's hat. They make fun of us. We make fun of them. Nevertheless, uh, if you'll read Danielle's blog uh, every once in a while, you'll find out that, A, she took part in a competition this past weekend. So we're going to talk about what happened there. Uh, perhaps there some life and uh, learning lessons that can uh, benefit other teams. As well. So we'll talk to Danielle about 11 minutes from now. 35 past the hour, going to be joined by the creator of Outdoor Cooking Channel and the pitmaster of homebarbecue.com, homebbq.com to be more exact. And that is Kevin Bevington. Oh, you might know him as the guy that has created Outdoor Cooking Channel as well which has the video feed right here. I'm broadcasting from Cleveland somehow through the magic of the internets. It's making its way down to Ovita, Florida, and then rolling out to the masses uh, on the internet, much like porno. Uh, We're going to talk to Kevin about getting back on the competition trail this past weekend. uh, And with both of the guests also, because initially the show was supposed to be set up this week for Chicken Roundtable. For whatever reason, it didn't really take form, take shape. I understand it's not really easy to come on the show and have to be moderated by the likes of me and then share, you know, whatever it is. It can be intimidating, believe it or not, even though it's just internet radio. This isn't like we're talking on 92.3 The Fan here in Cleveland. All sports all the time or anything like that. No, no, no. It's just the internet. It's only global. Only everybody can get it. So it's not like a lot of people are listening. What? So... Perhaps there's some apprehension. Uh, We had some people kind of going in at the last minute for chicken. I thought it'd be best to scratch it. No pun intended. And reload was something else. And I think this show is going to be awesome. Second hour, jam-packed. And sometimes we like to get a little out of side. Out of side. We call it also outside the box. Where I come from here in Cleveland, Ohio. We're going to lead off the second hour with Ben Lobenstein, and he wouldn't tell me how to say his last name, so I'm going to say Lobenstein, and if it's wrong, it's too bad. I gave him the opportunity. We're going to be talking about social media and barbecue specifically. We're going to get into those three main platforms. I like to put the in front of it just because it's my catchphrase, the Facebook, the Twitter, and also Sorry, just getting a note in from uh, production. Uh, the Twitter, the Facebook, and what is now the Google Plus. And if you're not aware of the Google Plus, we're going to be uh, to we're going to be talking to Ben about all of these platforms. Uh, one, why one might be better than the other? Why people might be looking to go to Google Plus? Perhaps as I've seen recently, Facebook might be trying to make some additions to the way you post f- Facebook updates and uh, how it relates to how your show all this great stuff, social media. Look, are you social mediaing everybody? I mean, have you heard of the Internet? Do you know how to connect with other people that you used to go to high school with that you never want to see again? Do you know how to do that? It's very simple. It's all free. It's right here on the Internet. Uh, And then closing out the show, talk about getting outside the box to a certain degree. You would recall many months ago the people that do my bumper music – Three Years Hollow, which is like the only band currently. We'll actually add another a band to the like category. But there is a band out there called Moonshine Bandits. And we're going to have the uh, Big Tex, that's his name, Big Tex, uh, out of Los Banos, California. So West Coasters. Keeping it real, holding it down on the West Coast. Is this right we say West Coast? And uh, we're going to talk about their particular style of music which isn't the norm by any stretch of the imagination. So you know they're going to fit right in here to the show. It's called Hiccup, which I believe is like uh, hip-hop music and country music all in one. Last time I heard anybody attempting that was a group by the name or a guy by the name of Cowboy Troy, and he was very popular because I believe he was able to latch on to that Memphis Mafia, which had Big and Rich, and it had uh, Cowboy Troy, and there was uh, Gretchen Wilson was also in that as well. So these guys, kind of in the same vein as Cowboy Troy, they're rapping and it's like a country vibe. And if you want to go, kind of check out that whole music and what it sounds like, might not be for you. Music Mafia, sorry, Memphis Mafia, I believe was Elvis. Uh, You know, it's it's all about a personal taste here. You mean either like it or you're not going to like it. What can I tell you? And. You want to check it out. Uh, MoonshineBandits.com is the website. Very easy. You can link right over to their iTunes and preview their album. And uh, we're very excited to have Big Tex on because not only are we going to be talking music, but we're going to be talking about the fact that he was able to parlay or add into the uh, products offering a barbecue rub. So we'll see where his background in barbecue lies, how that ties in with music, and why of all the things that you could release as paraphernalia as groups go you have the t-shirts you have like dog tags and you have oh i got one right here Uh, do rags and all that great stuff that the typical band is going to make these guys seem to continue to press the outer limits the boundaries of what music has to offer which is why they're signed to an independent label right now and barbecue rubs seem to be a natural fit for them to release to the general public. So I'm very excited to talk to them or him. I'm sorry. It's big tax we're going to be talking to. And By the way, when you go over the Moonshine Bandits, I mean, I'm a little intimidated with the fact that, I mean, these guys look like I said I'm very intimidated. These guys look like they could really put the whooping on you. So. Got to mind the P's and Q's, even though he's all the way over on the West Coast. No need to come to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city and stir up any controversy. Not at all. So we're going to be talking to Big Tex closing out the show. Uh, Before that, we're going to be talking to Ben Lobenstein about social media and barbecue. Before that, we're going to be talking to Kevin Bevington from HomeBBQ.com. And then we'll be talking, firstly, in the next five minutes, to Danielle Demoski from DivaQ. So a fully loaded, jam-packed show, plus your phone calls and emails. 877 Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Before we even get on the air with DBQ, go ahead and email me this uh, question or, or the answer to this question. This is from Big Mo Caseon. Big Mo always checking in. Still not doing the show, but checking in. Greg, uh, when you have time, ask Diva on the name of the fantastic whiskey we were drinking at the Buffalo Contest a few weeks back. So go ahead and email me the question or the answer to that question. Danielle, and uh, we can shoot that off to Big Mo. Evidently a whiskey drink. Who would have figured Big Mo whiskey drink? All right, Big Mo. Yeah, a Creek, creep. 40 caliber. Gang, got to remind you, quickly, About a guy that is sponsoring the show, and he lives and reigns right here in Cleveland, Ohio. It's Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. I've been talking to you about him for weeks. They started right around Father's Day with a great special that has been so popular, it continues to carry on week after week. And maybe you're not aware of exactly what the special is. And let me tell you, there is a line of watches that are made by Bolova. It's the higher echelon line of watches called the Accutron. Okay? Go ahead. And look right now at all of the Accutron line of watches that are made by Bolivar on the Stephen DeFranco website. And you can find that by going to the Barbecue Central Radio Network's homepage at the BBQ Central Show.com and then clicking on his banner specifically. Whether you're a female, whether you're a male, go ahead. Look at those watches that would fit your particular gender. And then call into the number that's listed on the website. You're going to get 30% off that Accutron. Believe it or not, 30% off. And then if you mention my name or Steve's name and the term barbecue brother, you're going to get an additional $50 off. Let me ask you a question, Centralites, and let's be honest, and I'm not going to lie like I know I want to. When was the last time you could mention my name and get 30% off and then an additional $50 off of anything? That's right, never. Don't miss your opportunity now. To peruse the upper echelon of the Bolova line of watches, the Accutron line. I have one. I absolutely love it. It's the best watch I've ever had in my life. Keeps great time, but it's a fit, form, and function. It's a style thing. People are always drawn to it. It's complimentary. You're going to love it if you get it. And you get it because you finally know a guy in the jewelry business. When was the last time you were like, man... I would love to get a great watch at an even better price, but I don't know anybody in the jewelry business. Well, guess what? Now you know the guy. He's Steven DeFranco, and he's a barbecue brother just like me and you. So look it up right now. Go to the Barbecue Central Radio Network's website. Click on the banner, then look for the gents or the ladies for the Accutron line of watches. Okay, do that for me. And then call into the number that's specifically listed on that landing page. Tell them that uh, I sent you. Tell them that Steve sent you. Then mention the term Barbecue Brother. Get an additional $50 off now. If you're out of state, don't worry about it. It's free shipping. If it's a gift, they're going to gift wrap it for free. They're going to polish it for free. You get batteries for life. Just send it back in. They'll replace the batteries. You go ahead, they'll send it right back out to you. It's no-brainer. 30% off plus an additional 50 bucks when you say my name and the term Barbecue Brother. doesn't get any better than that. All right, we're going to step away. We're going to come back with Danielle Demosky from DivaQ. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network. Coming on 14 past the hour, 877 433 Coming up, Kevin Bevington from homebbq.com. Ben Lobenstein talking about barbecue and social media. And then to close out the show, big text from Moonshine Bandits. But without further ado, we race over to the hotline, pull up an all timer, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to the show. It's Pitmaster of DivaQ, Danielle Demoski. Danielle, how are you, honey?
5: I'm good Greg, how you
4: doing? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Danielle, and I appreciate you making time for the show tonight. So, let's go ahead and uh, break it down. I know when we were talking a little bit earlier through uh, email, this probably wasn't going to be like it, well, at least for part of the segment. It's like we're going back and perhaps reliving a little bit of a nightmare. But I thought, you know what? In a way, it could be a tad cathartic. I mean, you already wrote about it. Why not talk about it out loud? And, and then we move on from here and it never happens again. But basically what's happened is this past weekend you were in Monroe, Michigan, and you're doing a barbecue competition. Yep. And... Prior to what we're about to talk about, when you load in and the cook goes overnight, I mean, how was everything unfolding for you up until what we're about to talk about?
5: Oh, my day was actually unfolding incredibly well. Um, everything, and and you sh- you know, other than one thermopen uh, battery going dead, uh, other than that, everything was going fantastic. Um, the meats were looking excellent. I uh, tweeted a couple pictures of, of stuff that was coming off and, and going on, and and the the ribs were excellent. The uh, I don't tweet my pictures of my chicken because I'm pretty protective of it. Um, But uh, overall, the cook was going excellent. I couldn't have asked for a nicer place to barbecue. I mean, this contest, this was a first-year contest, and I just want to give props out to the people over in Monroe, Michigan, um, who did the organizing for this contest. This was an excellent contest site, and I mean cushy, excellent, beautiful location, level sites, individual power, individual water, uh, just an absolute – I can't – I will go back in a heartbeat no matter what. It was a fantastic place to barbecue, and uh, um, I love Great Lakes Barbecue Association. Um, I'm big fans of all those folks over there, and I don't get to see them nearly often enough. So it was it was a great contest, absolutely
4: terrific. All right, so everything going spectacular. The place is great. Uh, cooking overnight is going great for you, and we get to the first turn in now. I mean, it, it, it just seems to follow suit. I mean, I'm asking pitmasters every single week about chicken and uh, how scores are dropping off, and one week they're this, next week they're that, and to me, as a guy who's never competed and who sees the fact that chicken always seems to be like the least expensive item to get and practice on and become most consistent, and seems to be the Achilles heel of quite a bit of teams, and not necessarily what we're about to talk about as far as you turning it in, getting a bad score this week, and perhaps it wasn't a bad score last week something else has gone awry and it seems to be like the most i've ever heard about it in the last five years or maybe it just has never been as vocalized as it has and tuffy stone started it all the way back like four or five months ago Uh, When he was down in the southern states, when he was DQ'd, and it was basically done on camera. I had Bubba Latimer on last week. He's been DQ'd a couple different times this year already. And you get to go ahead and fall into the DQ portion of uh, all of these pitmasters. So kind of break it down for us. Chicken is the first turn in, as we know, and then ribs and pork, then brisket. So what happened? Where does it kind of go awry for you and, and kind of we fall off into this DQ area?
5: Oh, you know, it it was uh, it was going fine. Um, it was you know the chicken was coming off on time. There was absolutely no reason for it not to go in on time. We were uh, an absolutely solid twenty seconds late. We had uh, unfortunately three different time zones in our camp, and this is this falls completely one hundred percent on my shoulders. You know, we have uh, we have an atomic clock that's in the uh, in the trailer. We have another an older one that's outside. We have my BlackBerry. We have Vlad's BlackBerry. And three clocks at different times, and I thought I had another two minutes to go. And truly, um, the turning could not have been more than 500 feet from our tent. Like it was, there was absolutely no excuse to get. And and this is where you know you absolutely get morbidly embarrassed and disgusted with yourself and angry with yourself because here you got this gorgeous box of chicken, and we you know more often than not we've been in the top ten for for the past year in chicken. So our chicken scores have been quite good this year. Um, and, you know, you got this gorgeous box of chicken. I mean, it's looking good. The Everything was going in at the right temperature. The glaze was set perfectly. It was heading to the turn-in box, and I'm in the trailer, and I'm already working on the next section, and I can hear Vlad curse. And I knew something went wrong, and sure enough, I walked outside, and I just saw him walking back to, with the, the box, and it was just, ugh, the worst moment ever.
4: So, ever. All right, so let's recap. There's three different time zones going on. Uh, I mean, we can play armchair quarterback until you know the day is blue or I'm blue in the face, however you want to cliche it out. Yep. So the bottom line is this. You have a clock uh, in the trailer that's atomic clock. You have a clock on your BlackBerry. There's a clock on the table. Would it not make the best sense to take whatever clock devices that you have and then time them up to the turning clock?
3: Oh,
5: you know, here's the thing. I actually had done that. Mike Lake had come over earlier. Oh, I kid you not. There is no excuse for this one whatsoever. You know, you want to talk about Mike Lake, you know, love that guy. He's so nice. Comes over, brings his clock. I remember he brought it over. I think it was 9 o'clock in the morning. It was 9.01 when I, I went back to double check. Um And my, my, my whole thing is, is that there was absolutely no excuse for this. I mean, I could not believe that, you know, a couple little minor adjustments at the end of it, you know, I'm fussing with it a bit because you just want to get every single point you can. It cost me. It cost those last minute. I should have just closed the damn lid, handed it off and away it went.
4: Uh, Are you tasting chicken before you turn it in?
5: Absolutely. I taste every single thing I do. I, I think it's foolish not to because at any given time you may have a clump of salt hit a hit, uh, hit a rib or a, or a brisket or a chicken or, or a pork. Um, you may unfortunately, you know, maybe you dumped in a, a little too much onion powder or whatever. I do pr- absolutely positively believe in test, taste, taste testing every single thing that goes in. Now that, that doesn't say I actually eat it. Most times I'm spitting it right out. Um, because I just really don't want to eat it anymore, right. uh, to be perfectly honest, uh, with the exception of brisket. But, uh, yeah, I, I I completely take full, absolutely 100% responsibility. It was my screw-up. It sucks royally. It's painful as hell. And at the end of the day, when we saw our scores, it really did cost us a hell of a lot.
4: Yeah, I was going to say, so as as we look through – the rest of the categories and i mean we won't go through you know what you thought of them but you finished 11th in rib so just out of the top 10 but then first in yep. pork and then a third in brisket so when yep. you see those i mean you would have to figure with how the chicken was going you were going to be at least perhaps a top 10 perhaps even higher and you know who knows that i'm going to ask you a, a terrible question here at the end but uh, all of that being withheld Vlad comes back into the trailer. You have three other <laughs> categories to turn in. It's it's like you've been punched in the face right off of a, in a fight, and now you're having to recover. So as a pit master, as someone who now has to continue to get boxes ready and get your ribs ready and then your pork ready and your brisket ready, how are you able, if at all, to refocus just on ribs and then continue on down the line for each and every category to get those really good overall scores that you ended up getting.
5: Well, you know, one of the things is I'm really blatantly honest on my blog uh, on DivaQ, and I, and I truly do write exactly what I was thinking at those moments, because in all honesty, um, I think you're kidding yourself if you think you can just bounce back from that in, in a matter of a second. I mean, maybe there's other more experienced people out there, certainly the, the toughy Stones of the world or the Rod Grays or those big guys. They, they may have the experience level but honest to God, I just wanted to punch something at that point um I, I I'm not prone to crying I wanted to hit the wall I wanted to hit somebody i want and and it was all about anger and myself um so I, I told Vlad to leave the trailer number one uh, and smart boy he uh he went outside and started packing because he you know it, it's a team effort he worked so hard and setting up and getting everything done and you know to, to see me that angry probably not where he wants to be at that point anyways. Um, and you just like you have to suck it up, get over it. Um, and that's hard. You know, you really could see it in my rib score. Uh, I had much better ribs than, than, it'll, than, than I think in 11th place. Uh, but the, the good ones didn't go in the box. Cause at that point, I just wanted to get the hell out of that contest. I wanted the contest to be over in that minute. I wanted to put my tail between my legs and crawl my sorry fat ass home to Canada. That's pretty much what I wanted to do at that point. But you know what? We didn't come five and a half hours for nothing. Um, I knew we had great brisket. I knew we had great pork. Um, and, and you just kind of push through, you know, at that point it was either start drinking or start working
4: one or the other. Danielle Demosky of DivaQ joining us here on the show. So no one knows how the chicken would have actually done. But in your heart of hearts, do you think that this would have put you over the top? You would have been able to get a grand champion out of this, or I mean, I've seen Bavarian smokers uh, or Bavarian smoke barbecue scores. Do you still think that possibly they could have come out on top?
5: Absolutely. You know, Bavarian smoke is an exceptional team, an exceptional team. They won their very first um, GC this weekend, and you know what? They damn well deserved it. You can see it in their scores. I don't think um, my chicken was great enough to catch them, to be perfectly honest, Mm -hmm. but I do believe we would have had a chance for the top five, probably going into reserve. Um, And you know what? I want to make this very clear. I really do believe that there was a hell of a lot of class shown by quite a few other team people out there who came over after the competition, gave us some really great – Words of advice, not condescending, not, you know, oh, my God, look at where we got you or whatever. But there, there was specifically the team that came in reserve. And in, in true in true absolute barbecue team style, he came over um, or we were going – we were leaving. And he came over and said, I'm writing the back door into this. I know you would have gotten reserved. I was floored by how classy a statement it was he had seen the uh, he had seen all the scores so I, I want to give massive props and kudos to smoke and aces Crapshoot barbecue I thought they were true class act and that's that's pitmaster mark um, very much cl- a classy act to do that he didn't have to do that there was nothing you know promoting him like that uh, but for him to come over and, and just say that right out loud that's that's a true classy person right there
4: Danielle Demosky of could joining us here on the show. Uh, Danielle, any, as we kind of usher out of this portion of the segment, anything that you can offer for new teams out there? I mean, obviously you're not a new team. You've been doing this for quite a while in competitions <laughs> to avoid a similar fate,
5: Oh, get your chicken in earlier, <laughs> you know, work on it a little bit earlier, pull it a little bit earlier, put it on 10 minutes earlier. Um, at the end of the day, You know it is what it is. It sucks. Um, I won't probably push the envelope on chicken for a very long time after this. I like chicken going in hot. Um, I I think it does make a difference. Hot food always tastes better when it's barbecue, as far as I'm concerned. Um, So you know, I've tended to push the envelope a bit, but never, never this close. And and at the end of the day, it ultimately it falls on my own shoulders. I have to suck it up and get over it. And uh, the responsibility of the team is me.
4: All right, Danielle. So, part of this first hour was supposed to be a a chicken round table for the backyard uh, warrior. So, I I mean, you're not only competing, but you're obviously giving classes and you do a lot of cooking in the backyard just for everybody around your particular neighborhood and your friends and family and all that stuff. So, Chicken is kind of a a dangerous monster, and when we're talking about competition, typically we're talking (laughs) about thighs, but it doesn't have to be only about one portion of the chicken. I'm a fan of spatchcock chicken. I'm a fan of just doing it as a, a whole bird and then butchering it down in front of the guests. As far as tips and tricks for just the backyard folks, what do you like as far as Wood smoke flavor or rubs, uh, favorite ways of prepping, and what kind of cuts do you like, and how can you make them the best in order to serve not only to family, but if you're entertaining as well?
5: Well, you know, one of the things I just want to point out, what, what chicken we turn in is actually not real chicken. We turn in a bastardized pan crap chicken that none of us like to eat at home, that is so disgusting and vile that I would not serve my worst enemy on most days. I hate the chicken I turn in. Let me make it very clear. I hate what? it. It's disgusting and vile. Uh, however, I like scores. So you can either stand on your morals and principles of, of turning in some real chicken, or you can stand on the podium. You got to make that call at some point. Um, you know, we do this this pan chicken like like a, a lot of competitors do. Uh, we're, we're using the little blue bottles. We're using clarified butter. Uh, we're using thighs, legs. I do a combination of a whole bunch of things. Depending on the contest and where it is, I will do different chicken. I'm not going to specify which areas I focus on, but I will tell you this. Um, we do we do a variety of pieces. I have noticed a little bit of a trend that, that I'm hearing little rumor, rumblings from judges that they're really sick of thighs and that they get excited when they see breast meat in the box. They get excited when they see wings in the box. They get excited when there's something else in the box. Now, a team's decision to do that is is their own. You know, there's a couple of great products out there. I'm, I'm going to plug some people because I use their products. I will definitely tell you, I'm a massive fan on Smoke on Wheels chicken marinade. I'm a massive fan of Butcher Barbecue's grill products.
4: Yes, me too. Good job, Dave. Massive. Continue.
5: Um, and and those are a couple of products I absolutely love to use. And you know, I use uh Smoky Mountain Smoker. Here's a here's a tip: Smoky Mountain Smoker's products. Um, that's uh, Joe and Von Seal. They're the makers of the, uh, the disposable cutting boards. They make some really excellent rubs and, and, and sauces as well, and I use a lot of their products. Um, the sauces that I use for competition are 99% my own, um, and I mean from, from the stove, my own, not, not modified a bottle. Uh, and you know what? I just, I, you know, we just make such crappy bastardized chicken. It just, it makes me not like, you know, we had it tonight, um, leftovers and I didn't want to eat any of them and and I'm not touching them. They're
4: just vile. All right. So what about uh, to help the backyard? Forget about this bastardized chicken. I mean, you've basically validated everything I've said for the last two weeks and I'm not even going to get into it. So what about for the folks that are in the backyard that want to make a good chicken that is succulent and moist and juicy, (laughs) uh, flavor profiles, uh, cuts, all that stuff.
5: Absolutely. You know, I'm a big fan of brining. I use Alton Brown's brine. Uh, it is the number one searched uh, recipe on the Food Network site, which is Good Eats Roast Turkey. So they have a uh, brine on there. It's got some allspice berries in it, peppercorn, salt, sugar. Um, certainly, Cooks Illustrated is another website. If you're looking for chicken recipes and really, really solidly working grilling chicken recipes, they've got them on there. We've got some brine recipes on my website as well. I like a brine chicken first or a marinated chicken. Um, I I really love a spatchcocked out chicken. I I love it, and I love Tuscan brick chicken. So basically, you know, you've you've taken out the backbone, um, you've cracked it back down onto the grill, and then you brick it. So you take standard household bricks, put on a couple of layers of foil, and weight it down. You get the most beautiful skin when you do that. It's succulent and juicy if you brine it. Uh, There's lots of great savory flavorings. You know, I'm a big fan of the Slabs chicken product as well. Um, they make a an excellent product. I prefer to grind mine up a little bit before I use it. I like smaller uh, smaller granule sizes. Super yummy, super delicious. It's great on chicken. Great on lots of stuff, actually. Um, you know, we we use a variety of different things. You know, we just got some Charbroil products to try. I tried one of their mops over the weekend. It was excellent. Um, I have a new charbroil infrared grill that I'll be playing with this week. I'm really excited about, and it's and a lot of it's going to be chicken because, like you said before, Greg, it's a lot cheaper to use all these different cuts of chicken and play. Thighs are great at home. You know, just roll them. Keep them rolled so that all the juiciness stays in them. Uh, I love those chicken leg racks. You know, chicken. My, my kids love chicken legs. So if we're going to load up the grill, we're going to do not just 12. We're gonna probably going to do 24 or 36, and it's going to be delicious. Freeze them.
4: Danielle Daboski of Divacu joining us here on the show. Sorry, I had my sound on. I was going to take a drink of water. Uh, I saw that. <laughs> uh, Danielle, we're trying to come up with a name, or, or a word. You've probably been following the chat here. Where if I happen to say it during the course of the show, everybody's going to take a shot. Would you like to give us a word that we can use tonight? Um, Splashcock. Yes. Uh, you know I can work that into pretty much any situation. So spatchcock is the word, gentlemen, in case you're wondering. Every time I say the word uh, spatchcock, you go ahead and fire it up, whatever you like. All right, uh, Danielle, where are you going to be at next and you know where are you pointing at towards the end of the year?
5: Well, right now, I've got to figure out if I want to go into a bit of a points chase with the other uh, top Canadian team, which is Can't Stop Grilling. Right now, they're headed to, uh, to uh, Pennsylvania and that's a, quite a hike away. Um, and I know we're going to be probably neck and neck going into the American Royal. And I'd like to still remain the top Canadian. I've been the top Canadian uh, competitor on the KCBS for the last four years. And he's nipping at my heels. So I'm not quite sure. For sure, I'll be at Oinktoberfest. I'll be at the American Royal. We'll be at the Jack Daniels. And uh, maybe I'll sneak one more in. As far as I know, I might be able to do that. So, But I, I just one, one other thing. I have to say big props to my homie. Big Mista, who was coming down to cook with me at the American Royal. Uh,
4: I, I mean, are you loving going to be working with uh, Neil on that? Or, I mean, is there going to be a, perhaps a point of contention? Or is he, has he been – I can't – look, I know you, okay? I mean, there can't be co-pitmasters when you, when you guys are cooking. So is he going to be relegated to, like, uh, co-pitmaster, or what's the deal?
5: Oh, no, honey, I'm always going to be the pitmaster. That's but I will right. tell you this. Neil has got an excellent palate. <laughs> And I need his palate uh, to definitely try food, and because I a lot of times I can't taste it anymore. I'm sick of eating it, Um, so I've got to tell you that Neil, because he's got such an excellent, excellent barbecue palate, he makes incredible brisket as well. So, you know, kudos to him on his brisket scores, and and just you know what, I've eaten at his market before, and I know how excellent it is. I need that. Um, I absolutely need his palate there. So better than a pit bitch, uh, but not a pit master on DVQ. There's only one.
4: (laughs) And there is only one. It's Danielle Damofsky, and she is the pit master of DVQ. Find her on Twitter at DVQ. You can find her on her website, DVQ.ca, because, of course, she is from Canada. Danielle, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming out tonight.
5: No problem, Greg. All the best, guys.
4: All right. There she is. Class act, pal. Class act. It's Danielle Damaski from DvQ talking about the DQ. Nonetheless, uh, thank you for doing that. Can't be can't be easy to do. All right, uh, folks. Want to tell you first and foremost that you need to go over follow her on Twitter at dvq.ca. Also, check out her website, DVQ. I'm sorry. Follow her on Twitter, at DVQBBQ, and then you can follow her website, at DVQ. Oh, my God. The at numbers are killing me. DVQ.ca. CA stands for Canada. Friends, uh, Fred Bernardo is at it again. And if you're not familiar with Fred, you should be, because he is a premier retailer of online stuff. And when I say stuff, that seems to be like a broad concept. But quite honestly, it's a, it's a broad concept. As we uh, move to the succulent grooves of vision. That's right. It's another independent band. One of my best friends in high school. This is his uh, little sister jamming on the five string, six string guitar, whatever. All right. Uh, Fred is morphing now, combining names. So he's Fred's Music and Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply Company. That's first and foremost. But you can still find him at Fred's Music and BBQ.com. And if you haven't looked... Look, we talk about rub all the time. We're going to be talking to Big text tonight about their rub with moonshine bandits. But Fred has some of the best rub that are out there, and it's not just specific to the barbecue and grilling world, tale, folks. No, no, no. He's got veggie blend. He's got turkey blend. He's got uh, brines. He's got all kind a veritable cornucopia of different spices and seasonings. Not to mention the sweet and tangy secret sauce, which we all know is using the same spice block as the smoking guitar players original rub but you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not checking out tasty Licks and trying out some of those spectacular rubs and spices my personal favorite happens to be the veggie blend when we're not talking about the barbecue stuff he's got a garlic he's got steak i mean it is outrageous You have to do yourself a favor and check it out. But the other thing that we need to talk about is the fact that you're dealing with a guy in Fred who is a reputable online retailer. You don't want somebody that's offering you great prices on something that you're never going to get, or worse yet, they're going to take your money. Fred has the inventory. He's going to ship promptly. He's going to give you a price that is extremely competitive. And that's what it's all about, my friends, when you're shopping on the internets. It is a very, very dangerous place to be We all know what's out there on the internet. So uh, feel confident when you're talking with Fred. You can call him. You can email him. He's got experts all over that place in Shillington, Pennsylvania. So uh, do yourself a favor. Fred's music and bbq.com. Soon to be just Tasty Licks barbecue supply down the road, and we'll uh, pass that information along with you when that happens. It's Fred's music and bbq.com. When we come back, it's Kevin Bevington from homebbq.com outdoor cooking channel. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is where I have to say, Kevin. You have to call me, unfortunately. You hide. You hide on. uh, You hide on Skype for crying out loud, and I uh, can never find you. You were just here a little bit ago, but you're not there between the J's and the K's. So go ahead and you Skype me, and uh, we'll be all the better. Thanks again to DivaQ for joining us here for the first segment. I guess technically that would be the second segment and uh, Kevin will be joining us here in just a second to talk about uh, a little uh, HomeBBQ.com, to talk a little Sam's Club as well. Go ahead. Damn it. What did I do with the... uh... Oh, wait a second. Here we go. Video call. What? I think Kevin has he like hides himself. When I look at the uh, the icon, it's like a grayed out. Kevin Bevington, uh, you got to call me. You're gonna have to call me. All right, let's uh, go ahead and fire up the hotline. Pick up, Pitmaster of HomeBBQ.com. It's Kevin Bevington joining us here on the show. Kevin, how are you? Hi, hey, Greg. How you doing tonight? Absolutely fabulous, Kevin. Appreciate you joining me. Sorry for the miscommunication there. Are you hiding yourself on that status?
6: Uh, no. You're, no, I should be in there.
4: You're you're just online. Yeah, I'm. In, I should be in there. All right. Well, uh, something is wrong with my. I gotta opinion.
6: say, Spatchcock. I, got, I gotta say that right. All
4: right. right, Spatchcock right off the bat. All right. Everybody who's got them, drink them. Kevin is playing along tonight. So, uh, Kevin, uh, great to have you on tonight. And the last couple of times we've been talking about Outdoor Cooking Channel. But, uh, to be honest, we've been kind of leading up to what has happened this past weekend, which was uh, home barbecues uh, kind of reemergence back into the competition scene. You pretty much ruled FBA for uh, five years in a row. And you did very well KCBS uh, amongst uh, all of those years that you were uh, finishing first overall in case or on uh, FBA as well. So coming back into Orlando this past weekend with a third overall in the Sam's Club contest not only means that you did huge numbers just after like a two-year layoff, but now you get to go ahead and advance as well. So let's talk about it. How did it feel to kind of load back into that first initial
6: competition back? Awkward. Um, that's probably <laughs> the best word that fits that situation. Awkward I, how? We, Well, we felt like beginners. Uh, I mean, we walked into there. I mean, you know, everything was off. I mean, nothing went right. We forgot everything. Nothing worked. Um, You know, the the only thing that did work was a barbecue. I I think the Rolling Grills out here, they were across from us. Glad to see them on here. If it wasn't for them, we'd have never got our cooker started. So, um, but besides that, you know, I I knew the food was good. I mean, I'd had a couple practice runs uh, before going in and, um the food was great. I mean I, I that I, I'm I'm cooking as well as I've ever had. I mean, so that that didn't bother me. It was just everything else. I mean, I knew getting, you know, turn ins ready to go and, and everything else, it was just awkward. That's probably the best best word to describe it.
4: Doesn't a vet like Kevin Bevington have a checklist or some other type of Excel spreadsheet that you're kinda of just ticking off before you actually leave out of a veto and head up to Orlando with all the stuff that you need? I mean, what do you forget?
6: Well, Claire had, had a checklist. I mean, we never had a checklist before. I mean, it was just automatic. I mean, after so many years, you know, you, it was automatic, you know, Claire had the checklist, but, um, you know, still there were things that, you know, didn't quite make it. And, uh, yeah, and things didn't work. I mean, you know, we, we, our, you know, power was down for a period of time and our, you know, of course that's what you bring a generator for and generator didn't work. And, um, you know, so, you know, it was just, just like that. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, anything that, you know, it was Murphy's Law all the way through. And, um, you know, that's all I had to do was get, at least get to the point where I could cook the barbecue and we can get it turned in. Then you know, we were okay. That's what we were there for. But, um, yeah, but we we were certainly about, I'm guessing, about two or three hours behind where we normally would be in food and meat and prepping the meat because of all the problems that occurred. So, uh, I was happy to to see that the you know that it turned out uh, the way it did, but you know I I, I wish you'd had the uh, you know Chris Elliott on here. Chris Elliott is actually the one that won the contest, uh, CLAS Barbecue, and uh, Chris is a friend of mine. Um, he uh, I I hadn't seen him in a long time, and we ended up right next to him, which was great. And uh, he was actually the organizer. Those the, that may be in here that if we familiar with the KCBS contest that was in Fort Lauderdale, for, excuse me, Fort Lauderdale some years back, but he was the organizer and uh, great guy. His first grand and, and a hell of a contest to get it in. Uh, that's for sure.
4: All right. So as you're taking part and kind of prepping and all this stuff, what what cooker did you end up bringing with you?
6: It's a it's a pellet cooker. Um, it's uh, it's called Woodmaster. Uh, you know my sponsor, Barbecuers Delight. Glad I got a chance to get that in there. Um, supplied me with uh, with this cooker and a bunch of pellets, and uh, it, it's actually a, a, a pretty decent cooker. It's a dual uh, fire pot cooker. It, it's rather overkill, but um it actually you know it gives a great smoke flavor I, I'm, I'm very pleased with that it. it's a it's a little uh, tricky to maintain the temp as low as i like but uh but that's because of the dual fire pots but man some some great product coming off of there
4: all right so after you get your meat prepped and you start the overnight cooking process all the good stuff i mean are you still cooking lower temperatures or have you started to ramp up into more of a power cook mode where are you sitting at for cooking temperatures
6: I've I've never been a power cooker. I've always been low and slow. Um, You know, the only thing that qualifies in the in the power end, it's just because I think poultry should be there is is chicken. You know, I cook chicken at three hundred to three twenty five, and that that's about as close as I get to power cooking. Um, I've just never been that way. I mean, I've always cooked low and slow.
4: Kevin Bevington joining us here on the show. HomeBBQ.com is the website taking third overall in Sam's Club in Orlando this past weekend. You look at your categories, I mean... I'm not going to say the chicken's everybody's Achilles heel. I mean, it's your first contest back, but as you look at all four categories, that was the one that you finished uh, lowest <laughs> in, 21st in chicken. You had an eighth in ribs, and then you had a third in pork and a third in brisket for first contest back. So when you look back at the chicken, is that just first contest back? Is it luck of the draw? What did you think about the chicken as you turned it?
6: Now, if you if you look at some of the scores there, I mean, like, you know i don't know if you saw where jack's old south ended up in pork and there were some other other teams and in categories they should have done well in where they ended up there was one killer table there that and that's the only way i could i could explain it with chicken chicken's a strong category for us normally and um i thought i thought the chicken we turned in was uh, uh, was actually uh, either our strongest entry or very close to it so that shocked me it really did i mean I I figured, you know, that would be a category we would have walked in, but, uh, but oh, well, you know, but I saw others, like I saw, you know, Swamp Boys, uh, you know, DAL and in chicken, which I don't know if you know, Rub, Rub's a a very good cook and uh, he he certainly shouldn't have been there either. So, uh, you know, so I'm guessing, you know, there was a, there was a one table there that was really killing people on everything. And I'm, I'm, you know, in KCBS, you can't see this in FBA, you can you know, but in uh, KCBS, you, you can't see where you lie on the tables and so forth. That's what I'm what I'm saying. And FBA scores teach you can. Uh, but uh, I'm guessing I hit that that uh, bad table. I mean, that's the only, only way I can describe it. You know, I mean it. Uh, I I'm a pretty good guesser when I turn things in. I mean, after so many years, I'm very realistic with myself, and I can guess pretty well how I'm going to do on things. And that that shocked me.
4: Did ribs, pork, and brisket seem like all Top ten uh, and then of course you have uh, the the third and brisket third and pork uh, eighth and ribs. do they all seem that good to you as you were running them in
6: yeah, the ribs actually i was uh, i th- I thought were better, but i'm i'm gonna i'll take an eighth in ribs any day i mean it, um, the ribs were were excellent, i mean they were very good and i I thought all the product was good, pork was very good, and uh you know if anything, brisket was you know, I thought a little salty it was actually my weaker turn, in. I still end up a third. But briskets usually in my money category, so I was happy to still see that that up there. But um, you know, but uh it, you know, we, it worked out. You know, we we ended up getting uh, getting what we needed to move on. I, of course, I'd love to get grand. <laughs> that's what I was there for. You know, but uh, but hey, I'll take third. That's for sure.
4: Yeah, three walks out of four certainly is a bad first time back. You get to move on as well. Uh, safe to say that all of the the rust has been knocked off and when you go to move on to the next round that you're going to be ready to rock and roll
6: we'll see i i hope the rust is knocked off i mean we certainly you know we uh, we learned some lessons going back in um uh, like i said it we it was almost like we felt like beginners the only thing that it wasn't we did i we didn't feel like that with is, you know when i was actually cooking the the meat that was uh you know i i didn't fall out of practice on that i've been cooking a lot over the last couple of years so um so that that was that wasn't a problem but hopefully uh, hopefully we'll see. we're going to try to get in a an FBA contest or two before um before that next Sams event and uh, get a little bit, little bit more practice if we can
4: uh, Kevin, we've been talking with uh, you know I talked with Danielle Demosky last segment, and this was supposed to be a chicken roundtable show. You know, as someone who actually has a series of videos that has been out there specifically for the backyard person. You know, do you have any quick tips as far as making good chicken in the backyard for the folks that aren't out there competing?
6: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, and I I want to say that uh, I'm going on record as saying is you know I I like my chicken. <laughs> I'm, I'm not one that doesn't <laughs> like it, so I'm not one that uses a pan to cook it. I, it actually touches the the grill surface, and uh, uh, it actually gets a smoke flavor, and, and and it's actually not yellow, um, you know. But it's I, I use a brine, and I, and I think anybody that's Ever used a brine on any piece of poultry? Never goes back to not using a brine. It's something I think you should definitely do with uh, with chicken, especially when you're cooking it on a grill or or cooking it on a smoker. And uh, that that's probably the biggest piece of advice I can give is learn how to use a brine. Uh, there's a number of recipes out there, including mine on you know the DVDs. I I, I don't think I've got that video up on this site, but. Uh, I, I may have it on homebbq.com, but, uh, but, uh, you know, the brine actually, and, um, you know, I like cooking chicken in the 300, 325 range. I think that's where it should be, you know, but, uh, there's nothing wrong with, them, especially if you're, if you're brining, you know, then, uh, uh, it won't dry out on you if you cook it low and slow. Uh, but, uh, um, I, I, you know, I, I brine, I use a nice rub, uh, and I, also, probably the best tip I can give is don't sauce on the grill, um, chicken and, and cook over and cook direct. You, you definitely don't want to do that. You don't want to cook chicken direct anyway on the grill. You want to cook it indirect. You know whether you're you're grilling it over charcoal or gas grill or on a or, you know you just you just don't want to cook it direct. Cook it indirect. Um, those two pieces: brine, cook it indirect. I would have to say.
4: Kevin Bevington of HomeBBQ.com took third overall at sam's club contest in orlando this past weekend Uh, kevin one more question here before i let you go in regards to getting back out on the circuit you know after you load in and you get everything set up a lot of teams happy to see you a lot of teams like um man he's finally back did people not know who you were because of the layoff how did it kind of shake out in that regard
6: yeah some did I mean, you know some I, you know after afterwards came up and talked to me and so forth and congratulated and mentioned and they were customers of mine, and so they knew the they knew the home dot com they just didn't know me and um you know, but there were a lot of people you know, in fact, Claire got really mad at me and said I was socializing the whole time that that she was setting everything up so um you know i I just everybody was just coming over to say hi and it was just it was great it was great to see everybody again i mean it uh um, that's the part I missed, the part I probably missed the most.
4: Do you have a specific FBA contest in mind that you're going to shoot for before you hit Sam's club again?
6: Yeah, I, th- I think Grant, that's one, one I think we'd like to hit. Um, they've, uh, they've contacted us. They want, you know, they've offered us our old spot and we, we may just go ahead and take that. So, which is right next to the ju- the turn in. So it's kind of hard to turn that down. So, uh, um, that's one that specifically I think we'll hit. We're gonna we may try to get another one in there as well. Um, just like to get some more practice, and <laughs> before we head up that way.
4: There you go. He is the pitmaster of HomeBBQ.com, which also happens to be the website, also the creator of OutdoorCookingChannel.com, which you're watching. Right now, with Kevin and I, and we're doing big numbers tonight. So, thanks to everybody for joining us. Uh, outdoorcookingchannel.com, the website. HomeBBQ.com, the website. Kevin, always appreciate the time. Uh, thanks for coming out tonight and continued success.
6: Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it.
4: All right, take care. There he is. Kevin Bevington, homeBBQ.com pitmaster. Great first hour. We're going to recap here in just a minute. Again, quick reminder about the good folks over in Warminster, Pennsylvania, the barbecue guru. Last week I talked to you about the Onyx Oven, about the fact that it's portable, about the fact that if you like to compete but you don't have a huge rig like a lot of the other teams that are out there running 30, 40 competitions a year are doing, then the Onyx Oven is something that you might want to take a look at because it is portable. It is something that you can break down easily as one person. And it is something that you can cook quite a bit of meat on. So if you are somebody that's looking to cater in your neighborhood or somebody to run up and down the road in order to uh, do those competitions, that is a unit for you. But, of course, the mainstay of what it's all about is the fact that they are the original creators of automatic pit temperature control devices. Now, these are units that are going to be outfitted specifically to your cooker. And they will maintain the temperature of the pit. And then depending on what kind of particular model you're choosing, it might be able to uh, do ramp mode, which means when you set the meat to be finished at a certain temperature, it's going to take that cooker down just to like a holding temperature. And that way you're not going to overcook your meat. Look, if you're a busy professional like me, and you're a barbecue enthusiast and fanatic like me, you want to be able to throw a pork butt or a brisket on right before you go to work. And just set this barbecue guru up and let it do its thing so you can be doing your thing. Making that kashish, selling stuff up and down the line, all the good stuff. And then when you come home, the brisket is ready and it's not overcooked. The pork butt is ready, it's not overcooked. Or maybe you're home on a weekend. You're gonna put on a rack of ribs. You need to keep it at 250 or 265 or whatever you're cooking at. But you got also got to run to Lowe's and you got to go to the grocery store and you got to do all this stuff, and you don't have time to tend to pit. The barbecue guru is gonna be exactly what you need. Four models to choose from. Or right, you have the Digiq2, you have the Cyberq, you have the Procom4 wireless unit. I mean, you need to, first of all, forget about it and get yourself one of these. So go online at the BBQguru.com first and foremost. And then lob a phone call in to Bob Trudnack, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Talk to him. They will, consul, uh, they will consult you. You'll tell them what cooker you have. They will outfit you with the right fan and the right type of device. And it will be like heaven on earth. You can control pits from like 600 feet away, for crying out loud, with that ProCom 4 wireless. You need kidding me? It's absolutely fantastic, and by far, they are the longest-running advertiser. Also, they have wicked good charcoal in stock. They have blues hog sauce. They have head country. They have slabs and dizzy pig rub. Kind of a one-stop shop. 800-288-GURU. Call them up or visit them online, thebbqguru.com. We're going to wrap it up for the, first hour. for the first hour. Look forward to the second hour right after this.
0: in the smoke call 877-448-0433 to get on the air now here's your host Greg All
4: right, we are back special thanks to Kevin Bevington for joining me last segment talking about the big return to the competition scene in Orlando Florida they took third overall after kind of laying off for the last two years couldn't happen to a better team a better person Great stuff to see Kevin coming back in that fashion. Huge crowd here tonight. What's going on? Velvet Smoke. I can never tell you about that, so don't even ask me about it. It'll be fisticuffs and death for one of us. Probably me. Uh, huge crowd tonight, both on the audio side and on the video side. Uh, excuse me, sir. Did you say spatchcock? What? I said spatchcock. What? Uh, spatchcock. Yeah, I said it. Hurry. So let me tell you about something. Uh, Actually, before I do that, I wanted to give a special mention to the folks over at Oak Ridge Barbecue. And uh, these guys do rubs, and they sent me a plethora of rubs to try, and I wanted to give them a special mention. It's Oak Ridge Barbecue, the serious barbecue from the executive summary. Uh, This is something that began all the way back in 2002. They're a grand championship barbecue competition cooking team. They have uh, over 20 professional barbecue teams from all over the country using their stuff. And you too can check it out, oakridgebbq.com, or you can email them sales at oakridgebbq.com. And they sent me, I think, like a sample of everything. I had the Santa Maria steak seasoning rub, which I'm very excited to try. Everybody knows I'm a fan of the Santa Maria style rubs. And then they sent me the secret weapon pork and chicken rub, the Oak Ridge barbecue competition beef and pork rub, and the Oak Ridge barbecue chicken and game rub, and the venison rub. I'm probably, honestly, I'm not going to use the venison rub. I'm not a fan of uh, venison. That's just my terrible pal. Uh, So thank you first and foremost to all the great folks over at Oak Ridge barbecue. And I promise I will get to these as soon as possible as I am able to barbecue stuff. I will use those rubs. And I don't know if anybody has done any business with Oak Ridge Barbecue or if you have any type of experience with them. I'm looking forward to it. I like the fact that they came in these, like, Ziploc type of containers, so I'll use what I want, and I can zip it up, and they're fresh for the next time. So thanks to Oak Ridge. Thank you very much. Uh, email coming in from John Finch. You know John Finch from Grillstock over in England. We had an interview with Ray Lampy about a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago. And, I mean, let me give you an exclusive here. Can you believe, can you in your wildest dreams, let me paint you a picture here, folks. In your wildest dreams, could you imagine that the Barbecue Central radio show would be doing a live remote in jolly old england oh my god could happen could happen at grillstock next year very preliminary what? i said very preliminary plans going on right now but your host might be doing a show what? i said might be doing a show in england if you can believe it or not. But uh, John Finch has really done quite an account. I mean, he has a, a barbecue business that is going over, that's won awards. So you need to check out what's happening over the pond, across the pond. I think that's what we like to call it over here in uh, the States. Across the pond. And check out his website if you could. California like the state. C-A-L-I-F-O-R-N-I-A. And then a dash or a hyphen, if you will. Rancher.com. California-Rancher.com. We all like to partake in rubs and spices. Just like, you know, I mean... Everybody is getting into this rub game. The people that we're going to be, or the the guy I'm going to be talking to, to close out the show in about 35 minutes from now uh, is going to be talking about uh, the rub that they are introducing to to the game here. So uh, John Finch, friend of the show, he's a big fan. He listens to all of the downloads, all that good stuff. So we want to talk to him. uh, But I wanted to mention that he has some award-winning rubs that are out there in England garnering attention. So be sure that you're going to check that out. Again, the website, California Rancher, californiarancher.com. I'm sorry, there's a hyphen in there, california-rancher.com. hyphen All right, let's uh, recap. Thanks to Daniel Domofsky for joining me, first hour. Also, Kevin Bevington, and uh, we'll reset here in a few minutes. We're going to do a quick, you know what I'm going to say, a quick deck chef, and then we got Ben Lobenstein coming up in the uh, about nine minutes from now, and then Big Tex from Moonshine Bandits to talk about hip hop and barbecue rub. So stick around. It's Rampy New right here on a fabulous barbecue central radio show. Did I mention Spatchcock?
3: A new twist on a great recipe are you looking for something else to do at the grill or to impress your friends when you're tailgating or you just want a fantastic recipe in the kitchen here's some good ideas that are quick and easy that's going to add a little bit of culinary flavor to everyday dishes i'm kit whitaker and join me after these messages Hey, everyone, cookbook author and award-winning barbecue guru and homestyle chef, Kent Whitaker here. You know, one thing I've learned over the years is that homestyle cooking can't be beat. So if you need a great cookbook that's easy to follow and is similar to having a great conversation on the front porch with family and friends, then pick up one of my books at your favorite bookstore. Sheila Simmons and I are crossing the country in search of great recipes from Texas to Georgia, from Tennessee to Alaska. So just ask for one of my cookbooks at your favorite bookstore or visit me online at TheDeckChef.com. I'm Kent Whitaker, The Deck Chef. I'll see you at the dinner table you know everybody loves s'mores now you know s'mores the traditional campfire recipe for dessert you got your graham crackers chocolate marshmallows and of course i like to add something special like brown sugar you know that's fantastic but also you can do this add a little bit of twist with some grilled bananas now grilled bananas we've talked about that before on the show take some butter some banana brown sugar put it in some foil grill it up Tasty. Add some ice cream. That's cool. But you can also do that in slices with a little bit of brown sugar, and add those grilled banana slices with the brown sugar and a little bit of butter to your s'mores. You don't want to make them too thick, but it just adds a little bit of sliver of flavor that you can't resist. So you got your graham crackers, chocolate, marshmallows, the grilled banana, and you put it all together just like you really would with a regular s'more. Cook them up, grill, oven, stove, however you want to do it, and eat them up. Now, if they don't like bananas, leave them off. They can have a regular s'more. That's fine. No pressure. But it is a fun way to add a little extra flavor to a traditional s'more treat. Until next time, I'm Kent, the Deck Chef Whitaker. Check me out online for some great recipes. Until next time, I'll see you at...
4: Hi, this is Scott Corina from Fairfax, Vermont, also known as Scotty Q, And you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show.
2: From my heart and from my hand Why don't people understand
4: my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the Really Big Barbecue Show
3: We cook because we have to And we grill because we want to Fine, how's it going?
2: <laughs> we have a great show of a big fan So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead And he's in the, in the crackle it's all about the Charbonneau, dude. Succulent fish. What?
3: He ate 50 for wiener. Oh, listen, LaBernia,
6: it's a chickpea. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds.
4: <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills.
3: I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. i movie. Yeah, really.
4: Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have tough men working on it right now. Mm. Tough men. Hey, just like that, we're back for the second hour. Deck chef, Ken Whitaker, s'mores with, uh, s'mores with bananas.
0: What?
4: <laughs> what? I don't know. He's the deck chef, not me. Thank you, Don G., by the way. Thank you very much. I forgot about that, but you didn't. You didn't. Thank you. And now we will have a flawless uh, exposition into the uh, second hour. Appreciate you, Don G., for looking out for a guy like me. 877-448-0433. Greg at Show.com is the email address. Resetting the first hour. In the second segment, we joined uh, DVQ, Danielle Domofsky, which you can find uh, on Twitter at, at DVQBBQ. You can also find her online, DivaQ.ca. It's CA because she's from Canada. We talked about her competition this past weekend, how she was DQ'd in chicken, and basically she was saying that, look, it just fell on her. Time got away. She was making an adjustment here or there. There were three different clocks going on, and the bottom line is... Sometimes you just got to leave well enough alone. You got to close the chicken box and you got to get the F out and get that over to the table in order for that to be judged. And if we're looking at it, I think we both agree. Cause I was looking at the scores. She was also seeing what the scores looked like. And we can't sit here and say for sure that if she would have had it in on time, that that would have put her over the top, that she would have had grand champion easily top three, Easily top four, maybe reserve grand champion. So got to get that, uh, got to get those categories in on time in order for them to count so you have best chance at winning. And like I said, and like we had talked about with Danielle, seems to be a rash of people getting DQs all of a sudden. You had Bubba's been DQ'd a couple different times. We had him on last week. You had that huge incident down in Florida where Tuffy Stone was DQ'd. That was actually caught on tape. I thought that was going to turn into a lot bigger nightmare than it actually turned into. No big deal. And now uh, Danielle has suffered a disqualification feat. Uh, alike. A lot of big names out there getting DQ. So lesson learned, get your stuff in on time, quit dicking around with it, put it in the box and get it where it needs to go. Bottom line. Then we also talked to Kevin Bevington from home, bbq.com. Also the creator of outdoor which happens to be where you're chatting at right now and seeing me on camera, which I'm still not exactly sure why it's happening. Nevertheless, Kevin has a two-year layoff that has now been wiped out and got back into competition for the Sam's Club event that took place in Orlando this past weekend. And even after the layoff, able to take uh, top 10 in three of the four categories and, you know, finishing better than dead last uh, when it comes to chickens. So taking third overall, definitely good enough to come in. And uh, what can I say – Seems like he couldn't have her to a better guy and you wonder when you've done it as long as he has, when you have the time and you know, all the stuff that he'd mentioned that he had forgotten, but when it came down to cooking, he was right there, everything felt right, everything looked right, and he is ready to rock and roll. So teams take notice. You got a guy who has been very accustomed to winning when he was out there and top three after two years off says something and I don't know if that's good for other teams so thanks to both of those folks for joining me and we got Ben Lobenstein coming up here in a couple minutes and then we have big texts from the band moonshine bandits you can follow them on Twitter at moonshine bandits you can also follow them on uh, Facebook moonshine bandits uh, so it's facebook.com slash moonshine bandits uh, we got an email from uh, who is this let me expand this out uh, Jim Driscoll Love the rants, funny, great show, wonderful edition. It's funny you mention that, Jim, uh, because you know I've started hitting up you know weights and stuff, going to get big and strong, and work out. You ever been to the YMCA? Um, can some. Somebody- And it's early in the morning for me. My wife gets up, goes to work, so I like to get out there, get to work in first thing in the morning. I'm not, you know, afternoon guy or after work. I mean, after work for me is like 9 o'clock at night, so there's no way in hell that's actually going to happen. I don't even think the Y is open at 9 o'clock. So it's 5 o'clock in the morning, 5.30 in the morning for me. Can somebody please tell me what the hell is happening in the YMCA these days? I had no idea. I go in. I have my gym bag. I bust into the men's locker room, and holy crap! Boom, there it is—the smell of like Clubman cologne and man ass. Could these two things not intermingle any worse? It's the, that if that was the only thing that was wrong with the YMCA. I would be a very happy camper, but that's like the wor- that's only like the minuscule pieces of what's going on. Evidently, the YMCA, and in case you didn't know this, you're going to thank me for this later when you think I'm a liar and you decide to join and go see it for yourself at 5:30 in the morning. This is where old guys, and I'm talking to you, 65, 75, 85-year-old and uh, an older guy. This is where they go to hang out. Did you know why they can get naked? What? I'm not sure exactly what the hell is going on in the YMCA, but evidently YMCA is uh, translated means old guys showing up in a locker room, stripping immediately down into a birthday suit, and then just roaming up and down the hallways. What? It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it's overgrown, it's like in your face, you're like, ah, I'm just sitting on the bench, and I'm just trying to put on my shoes and shirt so I can go down to the weight room and get a workout in, and it's like, boom, crankshot right in the face, and you're talking to me about the day's event, Who, where are, it's 5.30 in the morning, what the hell are you doing here, and you have no clothes on, he's not going to work out, and not only is he not going to work out, he's not going in the shower. What are you doing? It's you have to go ahead and make it a point to go to your local YMCA at 530 in the morning and you tell me if I'm a liar, but I'm not sure exactly what the hell is going on here. (laughs) but I can tell you that it seems like a lot of our geriatric population really digs being naked and they really dig it being naked in the YMCA where I'm just trying to get a workout in. I'm not going to sit there and walk around naked. Okay. I'm just not that guy. I'm going to have underwear on at the least. I'm going to have some gym shorts on. These guys are just floating it around like they're like playgirl models or something. Dude, it's called a towel or a robe. Nobody wants to see. You're sitting on the couch, okay? You're sitting on the couch with your naked ass. And you're, where is that hygienic? There's coffee pots right over across the, the hallway from you. You're just naked, and it's just confusing. So note to self, think twice about that membership to the YMCA, folks because there really seems to be a really lot of people that that are older and you know I feel bad I don't want to sit there and be like hey uh Benny You're naked a lot, and you haven't hit the workout room. I've worked out, come back and showered. You're still naked, reading the paper, having a cup of coffee, naked. Never a good idea. Get that big stuff out of here. You call me and tell me I'm crazy after you've checked it out for yourself, but I just need to get that point of warning out, okay? It could be a very bad place for you, and I don't want it to happen to you just like it's happened to me for the last few weeks. I thought it was just an anomaly, but it's evidently a very recurring event. Nevertheless, we're going to talk social media and barbecue with my next guest, Ben Lobenstein. Ben, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Well, hopefully you haven't been in the YMCA like I have. Hopefully not.
1: I haven't. Should I? I I don't feel from that description I need to be going there.
4: Yeah, believe me. It's the worst place ever to be. I mean, the YMCA itself isn't bad. It's the men's locker room that seems – maybe it's just a Cleveland thing. It very well could be a a Cleveland thing. Anyway, uh, Ben – Did you find
1: Spatchcock there?
4: Well, I I – Hey, what? (laughs) Everybody drank. He said it, not me. Um, I didn't find the, the first part, but there was a lot of the other stuff laying around. Uh, so, Ben, I wanted to have you on tonight. I see you a lot on a lot of the social media platforms. You're on Facebook. You're on Twitter. You're now on Google+. And I thought, hey, you know, why not take at least a, a few minutes and talk about these different platforms and kind of separate them out a little bit, what's good about some, what's not good about some, and all this other stuff, and why people in the barbecue community, which... I guess fairly or perhaps unfairly have been levied as non-technically savvy folks would need or or would benefit from taking part into social media. So before we get into that, Ben, a little bit about yourself and kind of how you get into this whole barbecue thing.
1: Uh, I've been in barbecue since 2004 when I was invited to judge the West Coast Barbecue Championships. I was not a CBJ at the time um, and learned fast that that was the thing to do because I ended up table capping, which... I would say it's not as fun as being a judge. Um, I am a master-certified barbecue judge by KCBS standards. I'm also an event organizer. I uh, put on the only uh, three KCBS contests in one weekend a few years ago, as well as uh, I did a few of the Sam's Club events this year. Um, that's the, the how I'm involved in barbecue. I was an event planner for years. So doing a barbecue contest brought my two loves together together doing special events and um, sort of being
4: a foodie all in one. Ben Lobenstein joining us here on the show. So as we look at social media, uh, some people are very much against it. They think it's like devil reincarnate. Uh, you've kind of you know put your arms around it and hugged it a little bit. What do you like, not specific to any platform right now, but I mean, what do you get out of it? What do you like about social media?
1: I think that people need to realize that there are conversations either about them or about things that they enjoy that are happening online and when I say conversations it could be photos of your team randomly taken at a at a contest you happen to be at it could be um, people talking about their favorite sauce or rub on a forum it's not a specific you know place or thing but people are talking it's the same camaraderie you get um, at a contest at, when you go camping with your friends whatever you're doing you know it's also available 24-7 just with people who aren't necessarily local to you.
4: All right, so let's go ahead and start.
1: People are having these conversations. You might as well join in and be a part of it.
4: (laughs) Absolutely. Ben Loewenstein joining us here on the show. Ben, the most popular one, I'm going to go ahead and say it, but the most popular one, which is standing the test of time, is Facebook, which really started out as being only for college students and i don't know if you if you had to have like an id or something like that to validate yourself but originally it was like for college students but now has become really its own uh universe to a certain degree so in my estimation seems to be the most popular at this point and and whether that's going to be this point into the future debatable at this uh, stage of the game but uh explain a little bit about facebook and, and what you like about it and what you don't like about it
1: Facebook is a great place to uh, simulate the environment of sort of having your own barbecue at your house, inviting all your friends over, people you generally know or communicate with for the most part, at least somewhat. You know, even I've never met DivaQ. I'm friends with her on Facebook. I sort of know her through the show, know her through barbecue community. There's sort of a feeling like you have a relationship with the people who are your quote unquote Facebook friends with. So in a lot of ways, that's the, the feel of Facebook. It's not 100% that, that case, but it's much more so that than um, other things or other, other mediums within social media. All right, so uh, people do spend a lot of time on Facebook. They love posting pictures. Um, there's a distinction between having a personal Facebook account and a professional Facebook account. That's a big differentiator that people are missing,
4: and it's going
1: to cause them trouble down the road.
4: All right, so go ahead and explain that a little bit. Uh, uh,
1: everybody who signs on to Facebook at any point is an individual user. Then from that point, if you have a barbecue team, a catering company, a business you run, something you're a fan of, uh, I know people that have pets on Facebook, um, you create a page for them. And, again, a page can be anything that's not a personal page. It can even be you know, a, a, a celebrity. A, somebody who's sort of famous in your community or mayor. That's not their personal page that where they interact with their sort of family and friends, but a more public page where people can come and see where these people are, where they're going to be next, what they're doing. And a lot of um, people create their brand as their Facebook account, which is going to cause them trouble because it's against the terms of service of using Facebook. So I'd suggest anybody who does that, have your own personal Facebook account and then go create a page, a Facebook page. They used to be called fan pages. Now they're just called pages. For whatever it is you're trying to, I don't want to say promote, because it's not always promote, but have fans of.
4: All right, Ben Lobunstein joining us here on the show. Uh, so the next one that is uh, very popular is Twitter. Different than Facebook to a large degree because of restriction and what it's all about, but I don't know if it's like a niche thing that seemed to be very popular and if it's starting to kind of wane out of popularity. But, you know, really what I like to see in Twitter, I guess what I'm seeing in Twitter that I don't get as much on Facebook is the fact that you can get involved with a lot of celebrities. You can at least follow what they're tweeting. And I'm sure there's a bunch of people that might have some PR hacks that are going and tweeting about them. But for people that aren't familiar with Twitter, what is going on with it, what's it all about, and why would you want to get into it?
1: Twitter is part cocktail party and part junior high school um, bulletin board where you can put anything up there and people can just walk by and read it. Um, So first thing you need to know about Twitter is there's a character limit of how large the messages you're going to send are. That's 140 characters, Um, and that's a hard limit, no going over it, no way around it. Um, But you can engage in conversation with people you normally wouldn't um, in a way in walking into a cocktail party. Um, you can, um, you know, talk to brands online. You can talk to celebrities online, and sometimes they actually respond. Um, an interesting one brought up by uh, Tom Emery, who's watching the show today. Is uh, he got to see a interaction between uh, somebody he was following and one of their followers who was sort of telling it? Wouldn't say it was a telling a joke, but the situation was set up where somebody responded in it in a humorous fashion. And then people got to watch the sort of interaction between these two people and it. And it made them feel like they were part of the in crowd. So listening very big on Twitter, just listen, find things you're searching for, find other people who share those things and engage with them and, and talk to them. And responding is the key thing. None of this is supposed to be an all listening endeavor. Social indicates that you're participating, that you're You're doing something, uh, interacting with the media or the other people on the media.
4: Now, one of the other things that uh, is very popular within the Twitter community, and I agree, it's best, especially if you want to create a lot of people that are going to be following you. Everybody loves to have their ego stroked. You want to have a billion followers, but you also want to be able to make sure that you are answering people and that you are communicating with them and that you're um, you know retweeting which we'll get into here in a second uh proper information to continue to kind of validate that you are someone worth following and not only that but you're someone worth recommending other people to follow you so and that brings me to my next question there's a lot of within twitter things or twitter speak that you need to know about one of those is the uh, retweeting so what is that all about
1: Retweeting um, is essentially repeating someone else's message to your group of followers. Um, as in Facebook, you have your friends. and Twitter, you have followers, and, and the people you're following and the people who follow you are not necessarily the same group of people. So um, let's say what happened today, DivaQ said "You know, I'm going to be on the barbecue Ra- central radio show tonight, and so I took that and I sent that out to my followers in case they had any interest in seeing that. And we see the information much the same similarly, I should say, in Facebook and Twitter in some sort of stream uh, of information. Uh, So being a part of the conversation, being a part of – if it's a forum, leaving comments on a blog, it doesn't – as long as you're part of the conversation and interacting, you sort of building your street credentials on social media.
4: All right. One of the other things in Twitter is this. Uh, hashtagging whichever there's a guy at work that uh, we mess around with all the time. We love to just hashtag everything. We actually hold up our fingers and we make like a hashtag with our fingers and we just shout out words. Uh, but uh, this is a very prevalent thing that happens in Twitter every day. A lot of people are I mean I hashtag everything I tweet with uh, hashtag BBQ. What is that all about? Um.
1: So Twitter is this mass of of, of messages. There's not as many people on Twitter as Facebook, but they seem to send more messages. So there seem to be much more um, volume. And in Twitter, you search for other people or other things or people that talk about other things that you're interested in. And then you do that by sort of creating a hashtag. Well, at least that's the way they created it when the geeks were sort of trying to figure out how do I find other people who are interested in it. So you use the pound sign, and then you type in something like BBQ, and then you can search for things that are um, hashtags. Uh, and that, then you can find people who've mentioned barbecue in the last two days. And conferences and, and conventions are started in hashtags so that they can find all the people who have gone to that conference or convention. And I think that's true with the Royal and some of the larger barbecue contests that have hundreds of people or thousands of people attending. They're creating a hashtag so that as people tweet, um, either via location-based service like Foursquare or one of these other ones, um, they can be found because of their hashtag.
4: All right, so what do you like about uh, Twitter and Facebook, and and what would you like to see change before we bring in the newest player of the game? I don't
1: know. I I certainly don't know what the vision is next. I think Twitter, uh, because of its 140 character and the sheer mass and volume of uh, posts, is challenging for people uh, to navigate. Most people that use Twitter don't use Twitter.com, the website. They use um, Twitter alternatives, TweetDeck, Hootsuite, um, these applications which can either run on your desktop or your mobile um, phone that uh, help them sort of sort out Twitter for them. Um, it, it's just a continuous firehose of stream. Um, and Facebook is starting to do that to some degree, especially people that have more than sort of 500 or so connections. Facebook is starting to filter out things that they believe you're not interested in um, based on some algorithm they have. So I, I noticed that people who I interact with on a daily basis, I, or routinely basis, you know, sort of during the week, they go, yeah, didn't you see I posted that on Facebook? I'm like, I didn't get that in, you know information. So now I have to go click on their name and find out what it is they were doing that they were talking about because it was lost. So I, I would like to see ability to filter some way so that we could get to the point where we sort of see what we want to see and customize the look and feel of some of this.
4: All right, so this is all leading into this question. Um, Maybe a month ago or so, maybe even more than that, Google was – forever planning on making some type of Facebook killer, which ends up being Google Plus. And I had, I mean, I'm a tech guy outside of this. I do listen to some podcasts. One of my favorite is This Week in Tech, which is hosted by Leo Laporte. And weeks before, I actually got my Google Plus account. They were talking about it and what they thought it was going to be good for and if they thought it was going to be like a Facebook killer. But uh, having you on, you're on Google Plus. What is Google Plus? And in the grand scheme of things, Why is it good, and do you think it's something that could overtake Facebook at some point? Or is Facebook just so big, it's not something that's going to be able to be slain like a dragon of sorts?
1: I'll just say first, they said that about MySpace. Anybody anybody remember MySpace? Raise your hand. Okay. All right. Google has a lot of resources to throw at a problem when it finds itself at a problem. And in Google+, Plus, they sort of started doing that. Google+ Plus is in an early beta stage; it is not ready for prime time. But they managed to get to 10 million users in one one hundredth the time that took Facebook and Twitter to do the same thing. One one hundredth—that's huge. They don't necessarily plan to sort of take over the world quickly, they plan to do this nice and slowly and sort of keep people in the loop about how they do it and what they do it. Uh, Google Plus uh, resembles Facebook if you strip down quite a bit of it. But the thing that sort of amazes people the most is it starts with circles. And that's the thing that sort of Facebook has been, I wouldn't say spending time on, but figuring out what to do while they try to figure out what to do. And circles allow you to put people into each sort of group, and then you only share with that group. And so you can get sort of both sides where you're having a receiving group, which is people talking about barbecue, and then you have your family that isn't getting barbecue news, but then you can target the update just to family or just to barbecue and listen accordingly. Um, The reason that this is fairly huge is that Google controls search. And if Google wants to know that its search is based upon its users' Actions, meaning I go ahead and I like the Barbecue Central radio show on Facebook. Only my friends know that. With Google, they're going to integrate this into search, and I can see that Big Mista likes it. I can see that DivaQ likes it. Tom Emery likes it. I can see that half of my California Barbecue Association, you know people like the Barbecue Central Radio Show, and therefore it's a trust more trusted source of information than
4: Facebook-like. All right, so with all of this ability to filter out, and when you're making a post, share it with these people and not these people. By the way, we're talking with Ben Lobenstein about social media and barbecue. Um, is the idea good? Is the format good? Is this something that you think can overtake Facebook at some point, or... Is there going to be some type of platform? Because look, I mean you're invest a lot everybody's over on Facebook for the most degree. And you have a lot of time invested in there, you've made a lot of posts, you got a lot of pictures over there, and then all of a sudden Twitter comes in and there's kind of like a weird love triangle going on when you can use a Hootsuite or a Tweetdeck and you can make one statement and then post it to a number of different platforms and Google Plus isn't there yet. Do you think that Google Plus is going to be the overriding platform in the future? Or, if it's not, is there going to be something that's going to be be able to integrate everything so you don't have to keep going from one to the other to the other?
1: And I guess my answer is, do you trust Google with your information?
4: Uh, If anybody wants to take my information, guess what? Rude awakening. If you think being an internet radio star is going to get you hundreds of millions of dollars, the joke's on you, buddy. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I think it's more an aggregate, you know, it's it's information about what you like and information. The same thing that, you know, the Google ad not Google ads, Facebook ads presents on the side of Facebook. They learn what you like based upon what you've been liking and what you know what associations you're or groups you're part of or or that sort of thing. If you trust Google to do that, I think they're going to do a better job at it in the end. Now, what that is is five years from now, you know, Facebook is 6 7 years old, what was it? I don't know remember, but it's quite a few years old. It's not like they just sort of took over. They made a simpler, better approach to what MySpace had originally tried to do. Is Google Plus going to be better than that? I think the search search attribute and the trust attribute have a lot of factor that Facebook will never be able to get off the ground. So, yes, I think in time.
4: Would it be not prudent at this point for me to say, look, I'm jumping ship out of Twitter, I'm jumping ship out of Facebook, and if you want to see me, I'm going to be on Google Plus, and when you get an account, hit me up.
1: I wouldn't say leaving any of them right now. I know that at one point, Twitter had approached Google to try and sort of sell out, and Google said, sorry, we're developing something on our own. So I think Twitter, I want to say we'll fold first, but we'll find a new owner or find a new way to sort of make it more relevant than what it is. And it is relevant. In terms of that, you know, things happen quickly, and, and that's where sort of news stories break and that sort of thing. Um, and Facebook is where you hang out with your friends. But if you want to be found, you have to do that through Google.
4: That's right. Ben Lomanstein joining us here on the show, breaking all of social media down and why us Barbecue, folks. It, we see a benefit of why you want to get out there and do it, and that's why I wanted to bring Ben on and kind of break each platform down and uh, see what he thought would be the leader in the future, which I, I think you said probably is going to be Google plus. Yes.
1: I think so. They have a long way to go. So it's an early, you know, they're the, the late horse to the race and it's really early in their process to know how far they're going to be able to get with it. Um, you know, certainly don't run and abandon everything for Google plus, but if you can sort of claim your, claim your name first and Google plus is just as vigilant or even more so vigilant about business names than Facebook is, um, so register your real name on google plus and if you need an invite you guys can um send me a message on facebook or twitter and i can see what i can do about getting you an invite
4: all right he is ben lobenstein and uh, he is breaking down all of social media right now for us barbecue folks ben i appreciate the time tonight thanks for coming on thank you greg all right take care there he is Ben Lobenstein breaking it down in seismic and gargantuan. Look, if you didn't know what it was all about, uh, now you have a pretty good idea of why you should at least consider going on and getting some facebook and and doing a twitter look i understand twitter might seem to be a little self-promotion but you know if you're on there you'd think highly enough of yourself that other people want to read what you have to say or you can just be a stalker like some other people Uh, i know a lot of people especially some folks that i work with that have twitter accounts they just like stalking that's pretty much all that they're about who doesn't like a good stalker in their lives that's what i've always said Gang, before we get to Moonshine Bandits, I want to tell you about my good friend Dave Boska over at Butcher Barbecue. You know him as, uh, you know, in the top 10 of the KCBS for Team of the Year points chase right now. You know why? Because he's got some kick-ass products, not only for the competition, but for the backyard cook as well. Butcher Barbecue, the brisket injection, the best-tasting marinade deemed by highly skilled and qualified judges from barbecue cook-offs sanctioned by various barbecue associations. Not just one or two, but various. Not only in the United States, but in Canada as well. DivaQ said that she uses butcher barbecue. Hala. It's a simple to use marinade. It's designed to be injected right into the meat to increase the moisture while intensifying the national the, the natural the natural beef flavor. There's also a pork injection too, in case you were wondering. But really, where it hits home is that uh, brisket injection. And let me tell you how to use it. Look, all taste palates are different. What do I talk about here on the show? you got to trust your pal. you got to do what's right. If it tastes good to you, that's right. It's not what somebody else... Who cares? Screw them. All palates are different. So strengthen to your taste. But Dave recommends starting with three-quarter cup of marinade to two cups of water. You can also choose other options, like you can split half the water with beer... Or split it with apple juice or split it with cola or beef broth. But then you go ahead and place your brisket on a cookie sheet with the edges to help catch any uh, excess marinade, right? Now, using a checkerboard pattern, inject every other square, keeping the injection needle in the center of the brisket meat. It's absolutely fabulous. Also, and that's just the beef injection for crying out loud. Guess what? There's new items that are out here on the store it's called grill ever heard of it well you better have if you've been t- listening to the show it's a new item it's a revolutionary product that can flavor many different types of meat with some easy to follow applications one way is through marinating hello you know what marinating is right you put your uh, meat in a bag and then you would cover enough Grill liquid with the product and you would leave it hang out two to four hours a quicker way just as efficient is through injection. You use a syringe, you inject that grill right into the meat, let it sit for about 30 to 60 minutes. Or, if you're a crazy kookball Willie Jones, throw caution to the wind, my friends, and you can do both a marinade and then inject it, for crying out loud. For brining, you use a half a cup of grill with eight cups of liquid. For the injecting, you use an eighth to a quarter of a cup of grill to two cups of liquid. And it's highly recommended to start in chicken, but after you try it, you're going to realize it's good on ribs and steaks and chops. So give it a try. It's $22.50 for two pounds. ButcherBBQ.com is the website. ButcherBBQ.com. Moonshine Bandits next. Stand by.
0: Big-name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All
4: right, just rolling up on uh, 20 past the hour here. 877 448 greg at com is the email. I think I should give special mention to the uh, Shiners that are rolling in for my next guest. He is Big Tex from Moonshine Bandits. Big Tex, what's up, buddy?
2: Hey, what's going on over there?
4: Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame City is back and better than ever, Big Texan. I appreciate you making time for the show tonight. And a couple different things that I thought would be fun to talk to you about. I mean, this is a barbecue show. It's a Barbecue Central radio show. So we're obviously going to be talking about the rub that you guys have uh, just recently launched. But before we do that, and I don't usually have, I guess, interview segments with bands, but I've done it before. There was a band um, kind of in the, the Midwest section of the company called Three Years High. It's an alternative rock band, which is a little bit more my style of music. And I was approached by uh, Jeremiah, and I said, "You know what? This sounds great. We got a, a, a you know, a couple of cats out there in Los Banos, California." that are doing something very unique in the music scene, and I want to bring them on. And then, of course, we can correlate all of this back to Barbecue, which is Barbecue Rub. So for the pre- for the people out there that are listening that don't know about Moonshine Bandits and about Big Tex, what's it all about? When did you guys kind of get together and start this whole music thing we'll build in from there?
2: Well, uh, we've been going at it for a while, and uh, when you think of the Moonshine Bandits, you think of... Uh, if you had to make a cocktail that was influenced by the Beastie Boys, Johnny Cash, a little David Allan Coe, throw it all in there and uh you get you get the moonshine bandits. Um, our music's kind of like a a mashup fusion of country music with uh hip hop. It's for uh anybody out there that's working the 9 to 5, blue collars pretty much enjoying our music from uh bikers to truckers to uh, your average Joe, I mean, uh, you you could see him at a crowd. Anybody that's uh, a weekend warrior that likes to come out and, you know, drink a little bit and have a little fun, let loose, is uh, pretty much part of our Shiner Nation. That's what we call our fans. It's like one big dysfunctional family.
4: It's funny. Uh, it's, it's like uh, I'm kind of being adopted into Shiner Nation. Likewise, you're being adopted into being a centralite. So, I mean, that's awesome stuff that's happening tonight. Proud to be a Shiner here uh, with Big Tex for Moonshine Bandits. You can follow them on Twitter, by the way, at Moonshine Bandits. And then you can also find them on Facebook, just slash Moonshine Bandits when you get to Facebook.com. Um, big Tex. You know, people out there, especially, you know, you're in the music biz and there's a billion, maybe 10 billion bands out there. All they want to do is get signed and they want to make a living doing what they love. Nobody probably knows more than you. Man, it is a pain in the ass. It is a grind. You really got to work for it. When did you really make that final push into saying, you know what, we're not going to call it quits. We're not going to fold and just play little crappy bars. We're going to make the full push in. How long ago was that?
2: Wow, that's you know what, you just pretty much summed up the entire music career of ours. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know what, we started back in 99, I can't tell you how many times me and my partner fought over recording the song, wanted to call it quits the next day, millions of times. So now when I meet these, uh, you know, up-and-coming bands and they're worried about how much they're getting paid or how many people's in front of their stage, I just tell them, you know, it took us eight years before we started making money, so you got a long way to go, Jack. But, uh, you know, we're on our pretty much our 11th year and we're finally making some pretty decent money, but we had to put into, you know, so much into it that it's it's ridiculous, probably. <laughs> it's, it's such a hard grind and it's you got to really pretty much give it your all. I mean, your music can't just be great. you got to hit it from all angles. you got to know how to market. you got to know how to run a business. You know, the overnight success stories are gone nowadays because of all the CD burning. So you pretty much got to make your own path. And we're lucky enough that our music is niche enough and uh, there's not much out there like it. So it's starting to become pretty successful.
4: Big text from Moonshine Bandits joining us here on the show. The album is available now. It's called Whiskey and Women, 14 Tracks for Your Pleasure, and they're put on by Suburban Noise Records. You know, we talked to, you know, when I was talking to uh, my guys over Three Years Hollow, you know, this is a band when I'm listening to them, I'm like, I man, you got to be kidding me. With all the stuff that I hear on the radio, these guys sound as polished, as professional, just right up my alley. How come they are not signed? What is holding them back? Uh, you guys are able to sign with Suburban Noise, which is, uh, I don't know if it's like a, an underground label, but, uh, I mean, safe to say we're probably not going to hear something from Moonshine Bandits on, like, 96.5 or, or some of the, the top 40 stations out there. But what was it like after putting in all of that work, all of the effort, trying to get it all home, down to finally be approached and being able to, to sign on with suburban noise who actually has some really good talent on the roster.
2: Uh, you know it felt really good because the thing is the suburban noise records they're you know one of the biggest independent record labels in the world and they pride themselves on a grassroots approach which is basically how our how our whole music is built. and it's basically not worrying about radio. it's building your fans from doing live shows. And uh, you know, uh, basically, out there shaking hands with the fans and just getting that hardcore, loyal fan base to follow you. And so they basically made a stand against radio and proved that you really don't need radio to be successful if you get out there and you know really put the work into it. So that's kind of we're kind of glad. You know, they got an eclectic mix of artists on their on their uh, roster. Like you said, it's from. Everything from punk rock to hip hop, and we're the first, we're the first country-ish, uh, uh, I guess, act on the on the label. So, we're we're pumped up to be a part of a label that understands what we're doing. I guess you could say. <clears throat> so,
4: when you had an act like Cowboy Troy, who was. You know, probably, I don't want to say he was lucky enough to be in uh, with the mafia down there with like Big and Rich and, uh, you know, all those yeah, other guys to down him there.
2: yesterday. We're actually doing a song with him
4: right now. Oh, cool. So, I mean, here's like yeah. a, a guy who kind of, I don't want to say blazed the trail of hop but and you had a black guy in country music who was rapping over kind of country tunes with uh, an R&B and a rap style kind of blows your mind a little bit. And here it's you guys doing it. I mean, you're tatted up. Uh, I mean, you look like you could probably punch somebody's face in through the back of their head. And then to hear the music, it's like kind of mind-blowing. I mean, like you said, niche segment. Do you see it growing in popularity week after week? I mean, what's the reception been like for you guys? It's
2: been good. Uh, You know, it's actually been kind of weird. Um, Our our album, Whiskey and Women, uh, charted on Billboard in both country and hip hop, and it's not too often you see a you know an album do that. Co- Cole Ford out of uh, the Georgia area, he's like the top ten country artist, and all he does is uh, basically raps with um, country background instrumentals and you know country singers on his on his album. So I think the genre they don't really know where to place this. Country music doesn't know doesn't have a platform for us, but I think the music and audience is there. The market's been proven. It's definitely been growing. Uh, Cowboy Troy was one of the first uh, to do it. I, I think we've been doing it as long as him, but I don't. Th- we were nowhere near his popularity that he's been around for a while. But, uh, yeah, I think the demographic has grown tremendously over the years. I mean, sooner or later, somebody's going to have to say, hey, this is this is a true art form. This is a this we need to find a place for this,
4: so Big Tex joining us here on the Barbecue Central radio show. Moonshine Bandits is the name of the musical group at Moonshine Bandit on uh, Twitter, Facebook.com slash Moonshine Bandits, the albums Whiskey and Women. Uh, not surprisingly to you, Big techs, a competition team down in Florida just downloaded the whole album. Their competition named Whiskey Bent Barbecue. <laughs> So, uh, oh, right on. just like that, a brand new fan. So, he said he that's had to download awesome. it just by the name alone. So, uh, and th- those are some great guys I met him in person. Cheers so, to them. There you Cheers go. Cheers to them. Uh, so, that's uh, Chad over there at Whiskey Bend Barbecue. Uh, let me ask you this question. I mean, you've been in the business, like you said, you've been rocking it for, uh, you know, almost uh, 10 years or whatever, 99, I think you said. You've seen yeah. a lot of evolution, you know, back in the day, 15, 20 years ago. You were on the road, you were putting in the grind, and you had some big fat guy with a big cigarette or a big cigar in his mouth driving a fat Cadillac show up one night and push a big fat contract over to you. You made it. You know, you fast forward 20 years now, technology is through the roof. Anybody who has a, I mean, I mean, I don't know if you're watching the video feed or not, I have a microphone, I have a mixer right here in the back of my house. I could cut an album right here all by myself, upload it to YouTube and could be a sensation. Has the technology made it easier or made it more difficult for acts to get really, you know, quote unquote, discovered at this point?
2: You know what? I think that's pretty much a double-edged sword. I mean, you do got the technology to where pretty much anybody could record music now, whether you're crappy or you're good. But at the same time, you also got new uh, forms of technology to market and distribute. So pretty much I don't need to go through a distributor no more if I really don't want to. I could just you know, connect right to the digital vendors and go straight through iTunes myself. I can market directly to my fans myself through Facebook, and all that's free. So I think it's pretty much a double-edged sword. I'm, there's pros and cons to it all. It's just time, and, you know, it's you can't stop it. So you might as well just find ways to uh, deal with it.
4: <clears throat> Big Tech's joining us here on the show from Moonshine Bandits. Uh, I-, I love team names. I love band names. How do you come up with Moonshine Bandits?
2: <laughs> well, actually my great grandfather um was a bootlegger during uh prohibition days over here in uh California in the Bay Area and basically he would have my uh great aunt push the alcohol and strollers to local politicians and uh even actual cops that were actually buying the liquor when it was outlawed. So he had a couple sneaky ways of running it all through a barbershop as his front, so we kind of ran with the whole Moonshine thing. And, there and, uh, you know, it, it's just been, you know, that Moonshine is the most potent liquor you could have, and basically we love the party and we love to drink it up, so <laughs> we just rolled with the Moonshine, like tagged that. on bandits and... There
4: you have it. Big Tech's joining us here on the show. Moonshine Bandits is the name of the band. Uh, You know, I'm looking up and down uh, the cuts list for the album Whiskey and Women. Any of them hold a particular place in your heart for being your favorite? uh, Or, I mean, do they all mean something special?
2: Uh, We like the uh, For the Outlaws track we did with Colt Ford and Big B. Just because it's... uh, you know a tribute to a lot of the bikers we've met over the years and a lot of the rebels and a lot of the farm boys we've met um the video itself has done enormous for us on youtube i think it has fifty thousand views in a month so that's one of our favorites and then the other one was probably my kind of country was just more or less you know a tribute to uh being american you know uh, that means a lot to us the troops mean a lot to us uh we send packages overseas, nonstop, and we always throw in tobacco and jerky and stuff because you know we have a lot of troops that are fans overseas, so we want to keep them happy. So those be the those be probably the, the two favorite songs for us on the album. Uh, it's got I think the album's got a little something for everybody. It's been getting great views on AOL and Amazon and all those cool sites. So it's. Every, every once in a while there's a traditional country person that can't stand it because it's so different, but you know, oh well.
4: Do you think uh, I mean, is the end game at some point I mean, would you call it a success if you heard yourself on one of the, the standard classic country stations or rock stations, or is it not about that anymore for you?
2: Uh, it's pretty much not about that. We've probably been on about 50 radio stations that, you know, a lot of them were clear channel and some weren't, but to me, radio doesn't really, you know, it's not the pinnacle for us. Uh, when I see 20,000 in front of my stage, that would be that would be the pinnacle. I've seen five to 10,000, but uh, 20,000 would be awesome.
4: Big Tex so. joining us here on the show. All right, so let's transition a little bit out of the music business side and uh, tie it back into the show a little bit. Just kind of coming out, it was just recently introduced. Is uh, this big Tex Rebel Rub, uh, which is a barbecue rub? Now I know you're uh, Los Banos, California. For the people that don't know, that's a little south of Modesto. Uh, you know, California has its own little like section of barbecue over there. It's not Memphis. It's not the Carolinas. It's not Texas. Uh, it's not Kansas City. California barbecue, at least to us barbecue nuts, the fanatics, is tri-tip, Santa Maria style, seasonings, the red oak, all that good stuff. Uh, What do you like about barbecue? What's your favorite barbecue to
2: eat? You know what? My favorite barbecue is probably uh, a big tri-tip fan. Out here, you know, uh, a lot of people cook the tri-tip smoked or barbecued, and then, when we would travel over to Texas, it's always brisket over there. But I, I, tend to, I tend to pull for the tri-tip, even though I've had some great brisket over there with all my Texas folks. But I've got to pull for the tri-tip.
4: All right, so what kind of inspired you to get into a barbecue rub offering? I mean, you have a lot of standard paraphernalia. You have dog tags, you have t-shirts, you have the hats, all the good stuff. Where does rub come into this whole deal?
2: well the one thing me and my partner prided ourselves with with our music was that we wanted to create more of a lifestyle for our fans that was you know not just all about our music but going out and having a great time on the weekends and uh a lot of our fans like to go camping like to barbecue and then we started doing a lot of uh four by four conventions over in the texas area so we got to see how texas barbecue really got done and we got to judge some competitions over there you know i don't know much about barbecue but i know how to eat it so i know it tastes good (laughs) but anyways uh we had a great time over there and uh we got to see a lot of different things carolina barbecue too so uh we thought we thought you know why not let's see if we could find somebody uh that knows how to make these type of things and kind of team up and put our thoughts together. And I mean, we'll try anything once. Uh, if, it, if it doesn't sell good, that's okay. I got a big supply for myself.
4: <laughs> there you go. Uh, big Tex joining us here on the show. Moonshine Bandits is the name of the musical group. Whiskey and Women is the album that is out right now, 14, cl- uh, 14 Cuts for Your Pleasure. And uh, so, I mean, when you're... Going through, how long does it take to go from concept to actually being pushed out onto the shelves
2: uh, It took us a while because um, Jeremiah, who is Red, uh, his, he, he was kind of helping me with as far as creating the rubs. And uh, I had in my mind what I wanted. I wanted something, you know, bold and peppery. And uh, he, we were going back and forth, mail, he was mailing stuff to me. And then uh, from that stage, when we finally got it dialed in, then we went to. Uh, the, you know, researching the containers, the cost, and, and all that. And then from that went to the label design, which I did the label design too myself. So it's pretty much a little bit of a process, I guess you could say. Uh, I don't have an exact time, how long it took, but uh, it did take some time of narrowing it down to exactly what I wanted and trying it on a few different meats. Uh, it's it's really good on uh, the pork, pork loin and tri-tip. It's good on. It's even great on chicken. So hell, it was even good in my Bloody Mary one morning. I was pretty hungover, and I said, "Why not? I'll throw it in there, man." It was awesome.
4: Oh yeah, a little peppery there for your morning ha- hangover elixir, and you get the uh, the Rebel Rub barbecue seasoning and a dog tag bottle opener for ten bucks. And is that uh, something you can get at NorCalBBQ.com?
2: yeah uh you know what I don't know if they're I don't think they have it up there yet I think it's just on our website or for right now
4: all right and that's moonshinebandits.com and again we're talking with big Tex, who is part of the moonshine bandits you can follow them on Twitter at moonshine bandit or you can find them on facebook facebook.com moonshine bandits and they are part of suburban noise records uh, big Tex, where are you guys going to be performing at here of in the upcoming future?
2: Uh, we're actually doing a show over here in uh, Copperopolis, California. It's uh, going to be a lake resort show, which is it's pretty cool. They got it all set up lakeside, and it's at Lake Tolick Resort. And then uh, well, after the show, pretty much everybody has a hotel right on lakeside. So, so it's pretty much a overnight party for people that want to go by RV, boat, or even camp. Everything's welcome, so... And then after that show, we head out on tour, uh, I think in late, late or mid-October, we go on a tour of the U.S., so we'll be hitting
4: everywhere. Any uh, plans to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio?
2: Uh, you know what? We're supposed to go over that way. Hey, I don't know what yeah. thing we'll be playing.
4: Hey, there's a, you got House of Blues, you got The Blossom, you've got Gundaria. I mean, there is a veritable cornucopia of places that you could be. playing. Hey, if we head
2: out that way. I'll definitely take care of you and whoever whoever you want to bring through, man. It'll be a good time.
4: Oh man, that would be absolutely fabulous. Uh, being a new member of Shiner Nation, that would be certainly uh, that would be one of the coolest things to ever happen. Would be to to see somebody have actually performed live that we've had on the show here. So, uh, good luck with the tour. Good luck with the upcoming date here in the next couple of weeks. And where was that uh, date that you were going to be? I have a couple people asking me on instant chat where uh, you know all the water and the fun stuff is going to be.
2: It's going to be uh, September 10th. It's a Saturday at Copperopolis, California, Lake Tolik Resort.
4: Copperopolis, California. Never heard of that. Where is that going to be? Like where is that in relation to some big cities that I might know being a Clevelander?
2: Uh, Modesto, California. It's, okay. It's near near over that area.
4: All right, so kind of centrally located there, uh, towards Modesto. Yeah, central. Yeah, so if uh, any of the listeners that are out there, that uh, we got some uh, Californian people that are listening right now, some SoCal, some a little bit farther north. But uh, if you're looking for a good trip, you want to go out and see Moonshine Bandits. Uh, go ahead and hit up Big Tex and see what it's all about. And we're talking about the Rebel Rub barbecue seasoning. You get a dog tag, bottle opener as well. Uh, one last question before I let you go, Big Tex. If I could write you a, a show and you were going to be performing with somebody else, band that you would hands down, stone cold lead pipe block, say that you would love to perform with.
2: <laughs> I gotta go with. You know what? We we've, we we've, ah oh, shoot. You'd have to bring him back from dead, I'd say Johnny Cash. But wow. we played with David Allen Coe, we played with Uncle Cracker. I'd probably say Kid Rock would be next in line.
4: All right, absolutely great. Choice. man. choice. I'm a big fan of David Allen Coe. I'm sure a lot of people uh, that are on the chat here have no idea who that is. But uh, if that ain't country, I'll kiss your ass. And we're talking with uh, <laughs> big text right. <laughs> from Moonshine Bandits. Again, at Moonshine Bandit is the uh, Twitter account, Facebook.com, Moonshine Bandits. Big Tex, I certainly appreciate the time uh, talking about the music business and then about the rub. Uh, Continued success, man. If you get out to Cleveland, hit me up for sure.
2: Hey, I appreciate it so much. Uh, Thank you for having us, man, and uh, cheers to you guys over there.
4: All right, take care. There he is. Big Tex from Moonshine Bandits. That was awesome. Uh, Love to get outside the box a little bit. Uh, when we're talking barbecue with folks. And look, I, you know, I was able to tie it in. You can't say I didn't. Uh, he's got barbecue rub out there, and I'm going to be placing my order. I want to get uh, one of those T-shirts uh, or one of those caps that says Shiner on it, man. Uh, that, that's pretty cool. Got to get me one of those. And got to try the rub. You know I'm a rub guy, right? All right, let's see if we can do this here in 35 seconds. Got to thank Big Tex. Out of Los Banos, California, Moonshine Bandits. At Moonshine Bandit is Twitter, Facebook.com, Moonshine Bandits, Suburban Noise Records. Whiskey and Women is the name of the album. 14 cuts, so check them out. Also, thanks to Ben Lobenstein for joining me, breaking down social media and barbecue. First hour, we had DivaQ talking about a little chicken disqualification, offering up tips for to make uh, chicken succulent in the backyard. And where she's going to be competing at next. And then, of course, we ended the first hour with Kevin Bevington of HomeBBQ.com and OutdoorCookingChannel.com. Big show lined up for next week. No big surprise, right? Want to help you control the rusty, grill grate population here Central Lights. If you're using raw cast iron, do yourself a favor after each and every use. Spray it down with PAM, season it up after each and every use. Years of succulent service with no rust. Because you know when rust gets on there... It's a pain in the ass to get off. So just remember that. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now.